This is Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. Uh, welcome to episode 91 of Realty Talk with Ellie and Galen. And we just discussed before we got on, we actually have topics today, which usually we just hit play and just kind of wing it. But Ellie, start off topic number uno one. Uno one? That's uno 11. One. 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 So I, I just wanted to direct some attention to less lighthearted topics, but important topics. And these are things that apply to both homeowners and renters, but we're going to focus more on the homeownership side of it. Obviously, I think most of us know that there's a foreclosure moratorium currently going on because of the COVID crisis. Um, It ends on August 31st. Um, After that moratorium ends, if you have not been able to pay your your mortgage, uh, it's there's most likely going to become due and current. If you have a forbearance, it might not end exactly on that date, depending on when your, forbor- when your forbearance ends. The point is, if you have been unable to pay your mortgage and, and you have not financially caught up due to COVID, um, there is a, a kind of a scary deadline coming up in, in August for when things are going to start picking up and, and services are going to start uh, pursuing you know, foreclosures. Uh, there is a program that New York State and HTFC are have created the homeownership assistance fund I think is what it's it's HAF I think it's homeowner homeowner assistance fund um that is something that's still currently in progress uh process I've been on a bunch of calls about it I don't can't provide a whole lot of information because it's still kind of evolving and being shaped I can tell you though that um New York State's plan for it is that the funds will become available hopefully early September. So it's something that I would recommend keeping an eye on. If if you think that you are going to need help paying your arrears, there are actually multiple sections of this funding. Uh, there's going to be funds that will help you pay back your arrears. It has to be arrears that began after January 12th, I think, 2020. Maybe it's just January 1st. Sometime in January 2020. It has to be related to the COVID crisis. If you were delinquent before then, then um, these funds may not be able to help you, but it can pay back your arrears. If you remain in the home during the term, regulatory term, which I believe is five years, I think the amount just disappears. It's not something you have to pay back unless you sell the home during that time. And again, this is subject to change. This is just their current plan. It's it's being going to be discussed and presented sometime in July. Um, there is also going to be funding that can help you going forward with mortgage payments. Um, if you are still struggling financially if you're still under or unemployed. Again, this is all COVID related. Now, COVID related is a little loose term. It could just be as simple as food costs went up and construction costs went up and whatever went, like everything got more expensive. So you weren't able to make your payments because you also had to feed your family. Um, That would be considered a COVID cost. But these are you know, if you have questions, there are resources out there that can help you. There are, are programs and organizations that are out there to help you. I would recommend Googling New York State Homeowner Assistance Fund. There's a lot of information there on the website. Um, there is also, in regards to the foreclosure moratorium, if you are struggling to make your payments right now and your servicer is 
taking steps, you can request that they pause until that August 31st deadline. It is the COVID hardship letter. If you Google that New York State COVID hardship letter, it should come up. It's a template. You just have to send it, depending on where you are in the process, the instructions are in the letter, but send it to your lender, send it to the court if the court is already involved. Um, And it, it can pause the process until August 31st and potentially give you time to get your finances situated, get, you know, savings pulled out or help from family so you can catch up on your arrears or wait for that homeowner assistance fund if that's something that you think might be able to help you. There are also programs out there to help tenants. There's the emergency rental assistance program, which is open. If you look that up, you should be able to apply on their portal online. You can also get help applying from organizations like HAPEC in Essex County, Friends of the North Country um, in Katyville or Community Connections in Franklin County, but they also are doing rehousing programs in Clinton. There's just a lot of resources out there, and I I really recommend that if you're struggling right now that that you do a little research. New York State has a lot of things currently active and coming down the pipeline, and, and you can get help. And if you don't know where to look, uh, ask, ask around, ask DSS. They might be able department of social services. They might be able to direct you places, ask United way. They can direct you. They might not have those resources, but they can give you a list of referrals to places like friends of the North country, ETC housing corporation, Haypack and whatnot to, to help you out. There's assistance out there. And I just thought that would be worth mentioning for every, basically anyone who's living in housing right now. I'm curious at the, cause we haven't had foreclosures in what about 18 months, roughly. We have had foreclosures some foreclosure proceedings, but for the most part, there hasn't been anything yet in, in about it's very, 15, 15 months. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's very scarce. Uh, my, they're starting to pick up and, and right coming now. more from like the sales. I mean, you're more in like, like what you just went over. Those topics are, you're way more knowledgeable on them than me, but the actual sale of foreclosures when they do come on, um, one is going to add some more homes to the market, which is good. My concern always is that the foreclosure process from the time someone gets like foreclosed on to the time it actually gets listed, sometimes can be a long time. It's um, about three to five years in New York State. Yeah. And the problem is during that time, the house isn't being lived in, isn't being heated, isn't being taken care of. So these houses that people are fa- falling behind on payments that were still good homes that someone could, could move into, you know, all of a sudden they don't you know, right off. And then mm-hmm. you have this, this time period where basically the house just goes to hell. And then all of a sudden people that would buy it can't get the financing for it because the house is not in a good shape or isn't in a shape that qualify for USDA or, or conventional or even, or, um, FHA or even conventional, um, you know, a lot of times due to the heating and the plumbing and you know, the, the utilities. So, um, I'm hoping, I mean, if it's been, like you said, about 15 months, all these homes coming on the market, I want to like, what shape are they going to be in? And can they get, you know, and that's always the annoying part is that we've hard, we've added on time to all these other homes that, and I just think the four, I don't know the foreclosure process well enough on the back end, mm-hmm. but it just seems outrageous to me that it takes so long for a house to go from foreclosure to on the market because these homes just start getting run down and you're pretty much just making it harder and harder for people to purchase them because mm-hmm. you're just neglecting, like if they could turn around and, and get them listed within a couple months, um, and again, I don't know enough about this, but logically to get them listed in, in, within a couple months and still salvage the house in like a pretty good condition, you're going to then be able to finance USDA and FHA, the ones that people can have all of a sudden a two or three K or cash or conventional. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people going into these homes can't afford it, even though that price point is like spot on where they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I'm curious to see how it's going to 
happen or what it's going to entail. Um, obviously, with the demand high, maybe people don't care and they can just buy them. But it always is part the foreclosure. I've I've been doing this for what however long I've been doing this. I, I still don't understand the foreclosure. Like I don't understand why it just seems like a very inefficient model. Um, and again, I know there's a lot of back end or back uh, background stuff that goes on, but at the end of the day, it just seems not like a good, not a good system. I, I can't speak so much for what happens uh, timeline wise after the actual foreclosure has happened, um, after the um, possession order has been issued. But uh, I will say during the process prior to uh, the uh, essentially the eviction notice being served to the homeowners uh, prior to that time happening. I, in my experience, of course, I tend to work with homeowners who want to save the home. So it's probably a different situation than homeowners who just abandon the home. But usually my homeowners are, are staying in the home up until they cannot any longer. I don't know what goes on after that, if that, how long that period is um, after they are no longer able to be in the home. Um, but I mean, other options for homeowners, and obviously if you want to stay in your home, there are options, and I recommend pursuing those options and, and reaching out to a housing counseling organization. But if you, if staying in the home is not necessarily your first option, you don't have to wait for foreclosure. You can try short sale. You can try selling the home yourself to pay off the arrears. It, your only option is not foreclosure if you don't have current available funds to pay it off. And if you are not necessarily tied to staying on the property, you, you can also just sell the home um it's a little a slightly different process because if, if it's already started the foreclosure process but there are options you can work out with lenders to make it a little less stressful for you what like, do you know any of those options like short sale oh short sale i didn't know if it was cash for keys i didn't know if it was anything to do with like re um Refinancing. Well, kind of like refinancing, but rearranging payments or payment Th that, Those plans. are options as they well. Are, yeah. yeah. Uh, refinancing modifications. Um, I mean, after, I don't necessarily foresee this happening in this situation. Again, who knows what financials will look like in six months, but I think because of the current market, and I'm unfortunately starting to see this already, uh, foreclosures are starting to pick up as, as we're nearing kind of the end of the, the crisis and courts are kind of coming back. And especially when it's lenders who do not, are not centrally located in New York State. They don't know about New York State's moratorium. Um, or they know about it and they are trying to get around it and they will go to a federal court mm -hmm. to process the foreclosure. And the federal judge doesn't do their research, doesn't know that New York State has a moratorium. So it's something that you have to keep an eye out for because they they might ignore the moratorium and not because they, because they don't know. And the lender, whether out of um, ignorance, you know, innocent ignorance or malicious intent is, is going federally. So it's not going to be processed properly. It's just something to keep an eye out for. I have not seen it. I have heard from other housing counselors and in, in meetings talking about seeing that happen. So um, I don't remember where I was going with that, but you, oh, um, nope, I lost it. Yeah, about it's, it's gone. different different plans and different ways to work with the bank. Oh, um, yeah. So there, there there are modification and refinancing options with this homeowner assistance fund. Actually, lenders are incentivized to provide refinancing and modification offers because though homeowners who are, whose lenders are offering those those applications will be prioritized, which gives the lender incentive because that means they're going to get paid. Um, however, because of the market right now, lenders are a little less agreeable to working with people because they know that they can typically get more for the property than the homeowner originally bought it for, which means they're going to come out 
doing pretty well. Um, and I've started to see that a little bit. I don't know if it'll change. Maybe if more homes come on the market, but it's not quite like it was in like the 2008 crisis, because at that point, I mean, no one could buy the homes. It was just a big mess. And now, you know, interest rates are low and there's home buyers aggressively looking. And unless that changes, there's not really a lot of incentive for lenders to work with, with homeowners, which is a scary, a scary, uh, thought. I saw this thing. Now take it with a grain of salt. It was on social media. So it's obviously true. But, um, this person, I almost want to bring it up. They mentioned, um, can you grab my phone, Ellie? Can you yeah. reach that? I want, to, I want to look this up because this is be part of my fun fact of the day is that – just bear with me. I know actually I, – I know who posted it, so that should get me semi-close to where we are, where we are with this. Um, While you're searching, I'm going to add something else that I forgot to add earlier about the Homeowners Assistance Fund. It is not just for homeowners who are behind on their mortgage. If you're behind on your taxes – or if you're behind on your chattel loan, if you have a mobile home and you're in a park, those are also qualifying situations. So it does not just have to be behind on your mortgage. So, okay. So this is, I saw this. Now this is a parody real estate account. I believe it's actually a serious post, <laughs> but based on like the way the guy's actually writing it. But long story short, this company, um, and again, someone can fact check this. This would be my fact of the day if this is actually a thing because it's kind of like you know at a certain point and i was li listening to this the other day when he talked about um you know with basically like the middle class getting squeezed out and it mm -hmm. like naturally <clears throat> i think if you really dive deep into like economics of stuff like the way things typically work is when they say like the rich get richer the poor get poorer kind of thing that that hap i believe that's true just mm -hmm. based on how um, functionalities of the of government and economics and, and way of they talked about like people with college degrees marrying people with college degrees and people that don't like all, like kind of like these obviously generalizing but the idea that we get stuck in a cycle there's just exactly opportunities and stuff yeah and the cycle pulls everybody into very extremes back and forth so I read this and then I kind of got to the point where I'm like man this doesn't seem good but I understand that this is something like realistically going to happen so um, okay. And again, fact check me if I'm wrong to say I'm wrong, but I think this is actually legitimate. So BlackRock, which is a financial company, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're mm -hmm. just, uh, um, what's the actual, they are, uh, let me see what the actual term is. BlackRock, they are a wealth, nope, they are, okay, I'll just read it verbatim and we'll get to it eventually. So BlackRock is buying every single family house they can find, paying 20 to 50% above asking price and outbidding normal home buyers. Corporations, pension funds, property investment groups, or why are corporations, pension funds, and property investment groups buying entire neighborhoods out from under the middle class? Let's take a look. Homes are popping up on the MLS and going under contract within a few hours. BlackRock, among others, are buying up thousands of new homes in entire neighborhoods. So who is BlackRock? Only the world's largest asset manager and the leading proponent of the Great Reset. They're looking to redistribute $120 trillion, the entire wealth of the world's middle class and poor combined several times over. As an example, 124 new home neighborhood was bought in the entirety in, in its entirety in Texas. Average Americans were outbid to a tune of $32 million. Homes sold at an average of 20% above the listing. Now the entire neighborhood is made up of SFRs. What are SFRs? Single family rentals. Now your potential lower to middle class homeowner is positioned to be a permanent renter. 
This matters because for the lower and middle class owner, a home is the most major part of any financial success and future upward mobility. This is wealth redistribution, and it and it ain't rich people's wealth that's getting redistributed. It's normal American middle class, salt of the earth wealth heading into the hands of the world's most powerful entities and individuals. Uh, basically, one of financial's vehicles could be gone forever. Home equity is the main financial element that middle class families use to build wealth, and BlackRock, a Federal Reserve funded financial institution, is buying up all the houses to make sure that young families can't build wealth. Um, that's right, Federal Reserve funded financial institute. Uh, they said, let that sink in for a minute. They're using your tax dollars to F over the lower middle class, and it's permanent. Not one uh, basically reorganization uh, of society. Uh, let me see. There's other companies in London doing the same. Uh, basically, that this is just kind of a slow death stroke. I don't know. Granted, obviously, I'm taking that with a grain of salt, but when I, and I don't know, I don't know all the, um, I don't know everything exactly, but that does sound. If that is true, that I understand where that's coming from is that if they're buying it all up and then homeowners can't actually buy them because yeah. they're, they're getting outbid and nobody, obviously someone's selling their home, like, well, I'll take the higher bidder by 20%. Um, and they're turning around and then forcing people to basically to rent, which then become you get in that cycle of, you know, get the appreciation, the equity and all that. So um, I, I did some quick Googling while you were talking because I, I had read that before. And, um, is it true? Cause if it's not true, then I just wasted, but I, it is partially true. Okay. Um, it, it, I would say it's yes. BlackRock is, is an, an index firm that has, I don't know if that's the correct term, analogy, whatever financial firm. And, and they have purchased some rental properties, but their portion of the market is, is not, um, what I would say call scary necessarily. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that they are to blame for what is going on right now. Um, uh, uh, everything that I've been reading so far is, is like they, I've, I'm going to try and find the statistics. I was just reading that was showing what percentage they had. Um, from what I can tell with this very brief search on the first page of Google is that that is, partially true but it is worded in a way to make it scarier than reality um i, I don't necessarily disagree with the concept i do think that ho um home ownership is there are a lot of barriers to home ownership that weren't necessarily there uh, in the past but i don't necessarily think that blackrock um is to is to blame for that or it or even is necessarily a warning sign of that i i i think there are bigger concerns like i mean our generation having student loan problems mm -hmm. so they can't get i mean there's, there's other issues in, in the way and i mean if you look at other countries uh home ownership is is pretty unique i think uniquely american in a lot of places it's not common to own your own place and i mean i'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing i like having my own place but um it's another interesting fact to consider that in some place in some parts of the world it's um not common to own your own property it's just you just yeah I, permanent, I wouldn't want to be a permanent renter but again that maybe that's just a cultural thing yeah. for me i don't know I, I just had read that then it got me thinking i'm like because i i now this might not happen like right off but then i start looking especially because it's kind of in our industry and i can see the negative effects of that if mm -hmm. i had to like dive deep and like okay from a grand scale i can see how that could be a problem if it in fact is true but I do think that stuff like that will start happening. Oh, I, I agree. do think that yeah. we're starting to see that separation, which, um, yeah, I it's mean, the it's gap. just, it's, the, it's, it's the a gap, gap and you can yeah. see that, but everything typically accelerates quicker, especially mm -hmm. like we've seen it already. Like how much, how much has like the world evolved in the last 10 years? I mean, I mean, even when we were graduating high school, like 
to me, that seemed like a very simple time compared to now. And that well, was 10 years ago. Think about 1900 to 2000 versus 1800 to 1900. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. Or 1700 to 1800, not a whole lot of technological change. But I think they said the amount of information that is put out into the world from like, I don't even, I don't want to say the date, but like now is so, so like crazy, so much every single day mm-hmm. that like more information is being put out daily than like all the 1900s combined or something yeah. like something insane. Well, that's what like, I mean, not to get political on one way or the other, but it's also really interesting when you think about being an informed voter, it, it's, it's almost impossible to be a truly informed voter unless it's your full-time job. Because in the 1800s, you were probably voting on a very small amount of topics. You didn't have to worry about who who's being funded by what or what other things are lumped into a bill or Like, it's just so complex now. It's incredible. I, when I vote or when I, when I vote or I hear something on the news, Mm -hmm. I, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist person, but as soon as something comes up, I get like very skeptical on almost everything. And the reason I hate to say that, because I want to take everything with like a, you know, at face value that Mm -hmm. it's true, but I just find that you know, you don't know what's being spun or what's being said. So like. I, a part of me is I'm very misinformed on a lot of like current events because I choose not to watch the news because I'm like I it doesn't like I'm one of those people I watch like the I watch like the local news and like at six thirty when national news comes on I should, I should turn it because I'm like yeah. I don't want it because all of a sudden it's like oh disaster it's this it's that it's all headline grabbing stuff it's mm-hmm. not like to me true news where if I watch local news at least they're they're talking about normal stuff um, I don't know I just I just find that I'm like I think politics. And major issues have gotten jaded in the sense that, or we've been jaded in the sense that we're like, it's very polarized. It's polarizing. Apparently. There's a lot of ulterior motives. There's a lot of opinion. There's a lot of spin, and it's like, and it's not just like here's the facts. It's more of like here's a, a fact with my or my spin on a certain thing, and then I just find that I get very skeptical of like every news story out there because I like I want to believe that it's true, but then then someone else throws something that's complete counter, you know, counter. Um, counterpunch to that idea and then you're like well which one's right and i, I don't know and I, like i said i don't do enough homework i'm not one where i i don't choose to do enough homework because one i don't really care you, you don't have time it's well, it's but it's difficult. like filtering through all the like i wish i could just get like a like news it just said here's like the actual facts like choose how you want because it's always being spun or something added or something just said and then it's like well it's not true but it's you put it out there and then people think it's true and I think there's a lot of that. And like I said, I don't know what I just read. That might be completely false. Like you said, it, well, it might be partly true, but it might be spun to make it seem like more, um, what's the word, a little more threatening than what it is. So that's, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So, um, all right. A little more serious today, I guess. I don't know, but that's all right. Good information. What <laughs> so happens I, when Ellie takes the lead. Yeah, we let Ellie brings serious facts. I bring just like, not much. I don't bring much to the show. But Memeage. That's, the, what is it? Memeage. Memeage? Like memes? Yeah. Is that a thing? Memeage? Memeage. I don't know. I, it's a that word could be that your, I use. That, you want that as your fun fact today? That memeage could be a word? I'm pretty... Uh, I'm going to have to Google it now. I use memeage. I don't know if I've ever read it, so I have no idea if it's a real term. I'm pretty sure, though, that I, my ethnography professor in college used the term memeage. What's so. ethnography? What did um, you just say? <laughs> Ellie, you got to realize I'm not as smart as you. I like that's not that's not true. As, as neat, e what? Ethnography. What's um, that? It is, um, a t- 
terminology for the the cu cultural customs of a people or of a culture the, the customs of a so so memes are an ethnography they're, they're a, a there's another term for it but they're memes are a a symbol of communication in in the world now i took an art anthropology class and is that the same it's not oh what'd you I, say it was f now I see now you've messed my head up. E ethnography is that what I said? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I, I took an anthropology class. It was some type of. It was like something yes, like an ethnic. It might have been ethnic something. I don't know. We learned about a lot of ethnic groups and stuff in college. It was an anthropology class. It was pretty interesting. I like. No, I like the professor. She was good. It's very. I don't remember her name, but I remember what class I took it in. Isn't that weird? I remember the building I took it in, but not the person or what the class was called. My professor's name was Professor Blank. He was awesome. He's Pro my my favorite Professor Blank. Blank or blank? Blank. B L A N K. That's his real he name. Was, yeah, he was awesome. Oh, we I thought you were saying Park Professor Blank, like being like smart ass, nope, being like that I don't. Was, that was actually. Oh, yeah, that was actually his name. He's he was very very smart guy, very very entertaining. I like I learned so much from him. If a professor's like, like out there and like fun, like they're great. The ones that are monotone that you will fall asleep in the first like two minutes of class. I had a couple of those. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you need to get another job because you cannot you cannot. What's the word? You cannot talk or... or uh, you can't engage people. Nothing. There's yeah. nothing. I'm literally looking at a wall right now. I'd rather just take a PowerPoint and be done in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. so. um, all right. That's it. Episode... Are we good with the fun facts? Yeah. I think we just dropped a couple we knowledge a bombs. Yeah. All right. That's it. Episode 91 with... Ellie. And Galen.